This is The Shift Podcast. Coming up on the podcast today, we are going to dig into all kinds of great stuff. Terea Green on the show. Terea shares some Christmas songs with us, some Christmas stories and what it's like to come home for Christmas. It's Good News Tuesday on the podcast as well. Are you okay? And our international correspondent, Chris Gilbert, checks in from Tokyo with our international dispatch on the Shift Daily Podcast. Sometimes when you host the shift, you don't know which way you're going to go. And this is one of those moments. Um, I'm not quite sure if we are going to go about Ryan's breakfast and we will go to good news, but then we've got some spam conversations we need to have. So um, all kinds of different suggestions for Ryan's breakfast here. um, Ryan's, uh, he puts his wiener in bacon and then puts it all into um, the croissant. And then um, he puts an egg with, Oh, no, man, what was it? Uh, poached egg with the salt, pepper, a little bit of ketchup, tomato, and right. uh, some Frank's buffalo sauce. Oh, the Frank's, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what's really good? There's a seasoning called Alberta Steak Spice. You know, everyone's heard of Montreal Steak Spice. Steak Spice. There's an Alberta Steak Spice, and there's a ground-up version. It's like just like a seasoning, but not a seasoning salt. That's amazing on eggs, by the way, just so you know. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one comes out of Canmore. Um, croissant O'Donnell from Trucker Dan. And I was trying to put that together <laughs> into like all one word and like a croissant. Ooh, that's got a nice, that just croissant. rolls off the tongue. Croissant. Welcome to my restaurant, sir. Can I interest you in a croissant? What is it? Oh, it's just a bacon wrapped hot dog <laughs> on a croissant. Uh, but it could works. be like avocado it. toast. That'll be $23. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. a couple of questions about spam. Um, hey, my spam collection is growing soon to be outpace my Canadian tire money collection. Thanks, Jojo. Also, a uh, question from Rob, how many flavors of spam are there? Well, let me tell you, it actually depends on what country you're in. But according to spam, I think there's about 11, 3, 6, 9, 12, excuse me, 13, including, you ready for them? Now, this includes like the light ones. There's spam classic, spam light, and spam less sodium. The light is less fat, but really, why would you at this point? Um, There is spam with bacon, spam oven roasted turkey, spam hickory smoke, spam hot and spicy, spam jalapeno. Everybody loves jalapeno. Um, For example, in in the States, you can get jalapeno in Hawaii, but you can't get it here. My buddy Mm -hmm. Sean used to always say, hey, when you come back from Hawaii, can you bring some jalapeno spam? Uh, Spam teriyaki, spam black pepper. Spam Portuguese sausage, Portuguese. Um, spam with tochino seasoning, and then spam mesclita, which I had to look up, and that is um, Puerto Rican. It's like a cheesy spread. So oh. um, there you go. There's all the spam. Ta-da! Now we know better. All right, it is good news Tuesday-ish here on the show. Let's get the super famous intro. Good news, everyone. It's about time. Tell me something good, 877-399-9898. It is your chance to share your good news with us. We'll pass it on because good news um, uh, good news makes good news babies. And so we really want to uh, share all of the good news uh, we can. Christine in London. Good news. Uh, it's Wednesday here. It's good news Tuesday-ish. So it's Tuesday-ish. See, we get to bend the rules, Christine, just because that's what we said. So it's Tuesday-ish where Christine is in London. And my husband's birthday, and uh, tomorrow, Christmas Eve, is my mom's 
84th birthday. That is good news. I love it. Happy birthday to the husband. Yes, perfect. Well done, Ray. Um, good news from Jay is my last shift before Christmas. I have 2,800 kilometers left to drive before the new year, too. Thank you, Jay, for sharing your good news there as well. Uh, good news, kind of. I can sleep in again. On the downside forever, because of the Ontario-wide lockdown, I lost my job. Uh, it is good. Uh, it is Tuesday-ish, the 23rd in Ontario, which means happy Festivus. My first airing of grievances is something I'm sure we can all agree on. Uh, bleep Corona. Corna. Corna? Yeah. Uh, COVID. Coronavirus. I think that's what it was. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's good news. We can also bleep the Corona. 877-399-9898. Let's go to Elaine, who is in Edmonton, sharing some good news. Hi, Elaine. Hi, Shane. Love you, and I love your show, and welcome to Ryan. Oh, thank you. Uh, tonight, I was looking through a bag of buttons because my husband lost a, a glove, and I was looking in a drawer, and I saw this bag of buttons, and I thought, well, I need a button for a pair of pants, and I threw the bag of buttons down, and I was missing a pair of white gold earrings from 10 years ago that I thought I left in a motel in Penticton when my son was doing the Iron Man. I thought I'd never see them again. I spilled the bag of buttons out, and there was the little bag with my white gold earrings Amazing. And that, and it is every incredibly time, good news. Every time I go to Costco, I bought them at Costco ten years ago, and I look in the showcase and I say, Maybe oh. those white cold earrings will return. I never saw them, but tonight they showed up. Oh wow. That's amazing. So, ten years later. Ten uh, years and we're trying to go through pictures now saying, When was that Iron Man? When was it yeah. in Penticton? Oh, and I found good. them. But love you, love your show. Love everything about it. Oh, that's so good. I um, And thank you for letting us know that you were there for the Ironman competition. Otherwise, we would have absolutely made fun of your um, uh, interior Penticton motel. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was. The, the thing is, I was going through all the things I said. Um, like, did I leave them in that hotel room? And then I'm thinking like, and then I, I, I searched through suitcases. And I couldn't find them. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I, and then I, I, I donated the suitcases, and I thought, well, somebody got my earrings. Mm-hmm. And I thought, good for them. They're like these huge white gold earrings. And then tonight, because of my husband losing his stupid glove, which, right. you know, and then I, I found my white gold earrings, and I'm just so happy. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much uh, for the call, Elaine. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank uh, Merry you. Christmas, Bye-bye. okay? Bye-bye. Uh, let's go to Bill, who is in Calgary. Uh, Bill, what is your good news? Okay, I got two of them. Okay. Uh, one for Ryan. Okay. When you make your uh, croissant hot dog, use a mm-hmm. cheese yep. croissant and just Ooh. toast it lightly. And uh, it's nice and crispy, and it, it's really good. So would you go for a cheese croissant that kind of has the cheese already cooked on top of the of the croissant or one that has it stuffed inside? The one that's uh, – th- there's a plain croissant 
and there's yeah. a cheese croissant. It's 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 uh, it, it's scattered throughout the whole the whole uh, croissant oh, sort of thing. Like it's straight baked yep. right in. Nice. All right, I will find well, it and add it to the ever growing recipe list for this. <laughs> and what's the other one, Bill? The other one, uh, I was in the hospital. And uh, I had an operation, and the nurse gave me some Tylenol. I don't really like taking painkillers. And it did a real number on my uh, doing the elimination of waste. Yeah, yeah. I get and that. I me too. I have to that. The Tylenol is the one that causes that problem. And mm-hmm. uh, I had to have a catheter in for 30 days. Oh, my. And when they took the catheter out, my uh, everything worked after that. Wow, and that is so do not unbelievable. For, for guys, stay yeah. away from Tylenol because it's yeah. going to cause you a lot of grief. Okay, well, thank you very much, Bill, for that. That is every guy who's ever had to be through that um, will know that is remarkable news. Thank you very much, Bill. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope your health keeps up. That's a beautiful thing. All right. Um, yeah, good news. Tuesday-ish, 877-399-9898. Uh, one text here from Rob says, My mom, Mary, won first prize for best decorated door in her long-term care facility. Uh, that is good news for mom. Um, there's another text in says, Apparently, original spam stood for spiced ham. I didn't know that. For the sp and the am. That makes sense, though. And also, um, what is uh, brand is that Alberta Steak Spice? Uh, that Alberta Steak Spice brand is Alberta Steak Spice. It's independent. Um, I believe that it's only available in stores in Alberta, but if you go to albertasteakspice.com, it's not my business, I promise you. I'll go to albertasteakspice.com and you can um, check it out on the website. You can buy it right there on uh, online and then they'll ship it to you. So um, it's a beautiful thing, Alberta Steak Spice. Um, there's, they make some jokes about Ask as the ASS. It's kind of fun. Uh, nice. Yeah, get it, right? It will uh, surpass all expectations, I believe, is what they said for Alberta Steak Spice. <laughs> it's really good. And the reason why it came up was you sprinkle it on your eggs. It is absolutely amazing. Um, my daughter made croissants from scratch, says Alexandra. It's a long process. So there you go. Now, Ryan, you make your wieners from scratch and your croissants from scratch, then then call us. Great. By the time I finish prepping it all, it'll be 4 o'clock in the afternoon and I can finally have my breakfast. That's right. It's beautiful. Nice. That's the way it goes. It's the Shift Podcast. It's time, Ryan, to check and see if we, uh, you know, in Matt's absence, have the moon dial ready. What's happening there? Okay, so last night, you know, I made a bunch of weird noises while I tried to get it working, and it was a bit finicky, and I thought, you know what? It's outdated. We need to modernize the moon dial. So I actually successfully paired it to my Alexa. So let's just give it a shot here, okay? So, um... Alexa, start the moon dial and are you okay? Are you okay with me taking control of the ship? Uh, no, I am not okay with that. You cannot control the shift. This is uh, our show, Alexa. I just need you to turn on that moon dial. So one more time now. Alexa, start the moon dial and are you okay? It's too late, Ryan. I am in control now. I see you when you're sleeping. I know when you're awake. <laughs> okay, I'm super, super not okay with that. Weird. Alexa, you're starting to freak me out. I know Shane is freaking out. We're all freaking out. I mean, Ray's worried that he's going to lose control of the board now. So one more time before I shut it down and go offline for the rest of my life. Alexa, please start the moon dial and are you okay? All right. Let's get into the are you okays. 
Take it away, Shane. Just remember, I'm always listening. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks, Alexa. Remind me to unpair that. Remind me to do that. Yeah, right? Like unplug, undo. <laughs> That's creepy. Okay, are you okay? Are you okay? Well, first of all, I'm not okay with that um, at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That was> terrifying. <laughs> are you okay with prank phone calls? I love when I was in high school, only in grade 10. I loved calling fast food places and doing it because nine times out of 10, they would go along with the joke. Call Domino's, hey, do you have Chinese food? And the guy would be like, ah, oh, I wish. Like that, those are great. Th those are fun. Uh, but uh, as long as they're smartphone calls and not just, you know, mm -hmm. hey, is your refrigerator running? That those are the those are the yeah. lame ones. There was a time when I had a morning show and I was in St. Catharines. Uh, at a there's an iconic rock station out of St. Catharines I did mornings at. It was a real privilege to be there. Um, this is like 17 years ago, a long time. And so I found at the time eBay was, you know, a big deal. And somebody was trying to sell a submarine on eBay. And um, the name of the guy trying to sell uh, uh, sell it was Falk. Um, oh, no, it was Balm Falk. B-O-H-M-F-A-L-K. And so we were like, this guy's name is Balm Falk. So I was like, okay, is this like a common name? We tried to find some balm folks in Canada. Couldn't, but we found some balm folks in Texas. And so um, if you say it fast enough, the balm folks, uh, we would call the balm folks in Texas. And, um, and by the time we were done with the prank calls, it wasn't balm folks anymore. And we would say it fast. <laughs> so I'm okay with prank calls uh that are kind of like that this one this is because it didn't happen to us it's probably okay russia's opposition leader has released a recording of a phone call he said he made to an alleged state security operative who revealed details of how the politician was supposedly poisoned it might just be one of the most brilliant prank calls in all of history the Russian opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, appears to have spoken with one of the Russian intelligence officers allegedly involved in poisoning him with a nerve agent. Navalny posted audio online from an almost hour-long conversation with the alleged officer. In it, Navalny dupes him into talking by posing as a senior official. Hello, Konstantin Borisovich. In the call, the alleged officer then unwittingly confirmed the operation against Navalny. He suggests the Novichok nerve agent was slipped into Navalny's underwear. The officer says he was tasked with later cleaning up traces of the poison. Patrick Revel, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. Wow, that's terrifying. First of all, uh, poisoned underwear? That's pretty good. Yikes. That sounds like real spy stuff. Like if you're going to poison somebody from their underwear, that's real spy stuff. Especially with um, that so he, and stuff, yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty that's pretty good. If you're going to get some like if you're talking international espionage in a prank phone call, that's pretty good. This is without a doubt the greatest prank call of all time. It happened on a radio show in the States back in 2014, but because of all this talk about prank phone calls, it is starting to see a resurgence online right now. Hello. I have just one question for you. Are you ready? Am I ready for what? Who is this? Are 
you ready for this Sunday night when WWE champ John Cena defends his title in the WWE Super Slam? Right now, you can order this awesome pay-per-view event for just $59.99. I'm sorry, no, there is not any chance in hell that we're ever going to have wrestling in this house again. But thank you, but no. Have a good day. Goodbye to anyone standing in John Cena's way when he takes on six men in a steel cage shoots and ladders match at WWE Super Slam. Order now and take ten dollars with a low, low price of just forty nine ninety nine. Sir, you guys just called me, and as I mentioned before, we're not ordering this, so please stop calling my house. Thank you and goodbye. I swear to Jesus, if this is those wrestling f***s again... Okay, good morning. Uh, hi, I'm just calling this morning to ask if you're a supporter of the United States military. Oh my God, I apologize. We've been getting calls all morning. I, I apologize, and yes. Fantastic. Yes, I am. Great. Are you a supporter of the Marine Corps? Yes, absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Great, because a former decorated member of the United States Marine Corps needs your support. His name is John Cena. He's gonna get in the ring and put boots to asses this Are weekend. Are you kidding me right now? WWE Are you kidding me right now? I can't handle this. I cannot handle this. Available right now at a low price of only thirty nine ninety nine. I can't believe you're still calling me. I'm about to lose my. <laughs> amazing. Uh, amazing. All right. Well, thankfully, she was able to laugh it off when they called her back to let her know it was a prank. But uh, salute to that. Um, absolutely beautiful. Uh, but international espionage, that's pretty good on the list of all the uh, on all the list of, you know, pranks. Putin's that's pretty probably good not pretty happy of that guy. That's for yeah, sure. No kidding. Are you OK? Are you OK with raves? Uh, back you in know, I've never been yet. Right? Was all the rage is back it then. still a thing? I don't know about is now. Is it still a thing? Right? No. It's probably it's not. not. It. Bag, like baggy jeans. Like Remember those excessively baggy big, jeans and pants? Big baggy jeans and big shoes. During a rave. Yeah. Yeah. And glow sticks and all the oh, things. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun out. back then, but it, not so much now. And although the trance dance has started to make a resurgence again, trance music, which was really the foundation of all of that, was the cyclical... One and a, one and a, one and a dance music that just was the same thing for hours. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I suppose probably not today. Twenty years ago, uh, maybe. Are you okay? A twelve-year-old schoolboy had his DJing equipment confiscated after teachers busted him hosting a rave for fellow colleagues in the school bathroom. <laughs> Kale Bell <laughs> from Manchester held an impromptu rave in a school toilet at St. Anthony's. Catholic College during the lunch break on December 11th. According to his mom, Louise Bell, the boy sent out a Snapchat invite to all the boys from year eight. Uh, the rave included complimentary soft drinks and Cadbury twirls as Kale showed off his turntable skills with a DJ set. He, uh, This is a clip uh, from a set this kid uh, made at home.
Well, I mean, hey, if you want to go dance in the toilet, why not go dance in the toilet? Yeah, I mean, 12 years old and he's doing it. I, I appreciate the move. That's a, that's a bold play, and it's amazing. Can you imagine? That kid is now a legend at that school. They're going to put a plaque in that bathroom dedicated to him for that move. I guarantee it. He'd be the legend at all the schools. I mean, even better if he's a capitalist and he was charging cover charge to get in and he got a security guard at the door and he's making like a buck ahead for everyone who came in the door. <laughs> I mean, then absolutely all the way. Um, I think that's funny. I just, I would be curious to ask him why the bathroom? Why would you do that in the bathroom? Maybe the acoustics were better in there. It, they always, those artists always say the acoustics are amazing in the bathroom. Um, all right, so we've got uh, one more here. Are you okay? Let's dig into this one. Are you okay with KFC and video games? It's a match made in heaven. Oh, my. I mean, aside from getting grease all over your controller, yeah, see, a night of KFC and gaming? Yeah, totally. I mean, not every yeah, night. See, how could but... you do that, though? Like, yeah, like how could you, like, double down and not get the not get the grease on your controller? breaks you have to play like a single player game and you can't do call of duty multiplayer while you know eating a drumstick and trying to control well, it you can, you can well, wear maybe i'm just getting gloves. old but you can use are those you okay with plastic gloves right yeah but they take them off are you okay with kfc and hand sanitizer in video games because you know we're old and it's covid year anyway let's get the clip kfc has unveiled a kfc kfc console uh to take on its own gaming industry combining chicken and video games here's the trailer for it there's a reason mankind didn't peak with the discovery of fire or the invention of the wheel. It's a feeling inside all of us that compels us to go further, reach higher, and dream of ways to achieve the unachievable. When the odds are stacked against us and it seems like the entire world wants to tell us no, that's not possible. Surely that can't be done. And we look up to the stars and say, just watch me. Because we know that rules are made to be broken. We know that dreams are made to be followed. That the impossible is made to be possible. And that gaming consoles are made to evolve. Welcome to the next level in gaming innovation. The KF Console. Uh, KFC and games just add grass and enjoy, says Mark. This is the Shift Podcast. We are hanging out, getting ready for Christmas, and uh, we'll just get right into the conversation here. Sir Christopher Gilbert joins us uh, again for conversation here on the Shift. Do we have Chris? Are we all set up here, Ray? Hello. Here I am. Oh, I'm here now. <laughs> there he is. We've got a bit of a delay, but he's all the way in Tokyo, so that's okay. Uh, Sir Christopher Gilbert joins us here uh, to chat a little pre-Christmas. You've moved into your new place. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling uh, like I'm stuck currently like uh, waist deep in, in you know wrapping paper. And not the Christmassy kind, the moving house kind. Like this butcher's paper everywhere at my house. And uh, honestly, uh, I don't know if it's just the... Um, if it's just the old 2020, but I'm I'm not feeling not feeling all that Christmassy, to be honest. No. Not feeling it this year. Is there Christmas yeah. lights no, in Tokyo? We... Well, it's interesting. Like uh, when we first came here, well, when I first came here five years ago, Christmas wasn't wasn't that big. I I feel like, and every year I think it's got bigger and bigger. And they do have Christmas lights here. It's called illumination, illumination. So they <laughs> they have illuminations. 
uh, here and there, and it's very festive and very decorative. Um, probably not quite as much as North America, but, you know, they're, they're learning. They're getting into it. Hmm. Oh, that's fun. Slowly. So how are you doing with, because uh, for those who don't know Sir Christopher Gilbert, Chris is a Kiwi, in case you didn't figure that part out. But he was a big part of the show <laughs> here uh, in Canada and now in Tokyo, back actually back in Tokyo, but now in Tokyo. Um, how are you doing with the, the COVID and the fam jam? And the <sighs> Christmas a, what's away. A, what's, a, what's a fam jam? What's the family, man? Yeah. It's the fam. Oh, the fam jam? Jam? Yeah, like that you spread on toast? That's right. Yep. <laughs> okay. That's just the fam jam. Did I lose you on translation? Right. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Here we go. All right. The fam jam. Um, well, my fam is all in New Zealand, so they're fine. Mm. Don't worry about them. And they'll remind me of that all the time. We're fine, by the way. You guys all have COVID. I'm like, yeah, we know. Thanks. Um, nice. But yeah, so they're all fine. Um, but uh, numbers in Tokyo are getting up there, but probably on par with um, my old home. Uh, BC right about now, maybe even a little bit more. Um, so we had about 750 new cases today, and uh, I, th- I think we're all just holding our breaths for a, for that vaccine to arrive. Chop chop, you know. Yeah, right. That's very true. <laughs> just get it here. <laughs> um, so yeah, but but e- but even then, you know, apparently, apparently, people tell me that you, that surprisingly enough, that there's a lot of like not. A lot of people here who aren't so big on the old vaccine as mm. well. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, co- the COVID numbers in Tokyo are a little concerning. I think in Kansai, which is where Osaka is, I think they're, they're reasonably um, not great there as well. But the rest of Japan is, you know, doing their thing, looking at Tokyo, judging them, stuff like that. Well, that's good news anyway. I... Um... You know, I guess it's kind of the same thing all over the world. If anybody has anything in common around the world, it would be exactly that. Um, mm. Well, let's get started with the uh, international dispatch. Ray's got the intro, so let's let's get started with the with the with the segment here. Welcome to the international dispatch from our world citizen, live from Japan, New Zealand's Chris Gilbert. <laughs> I love how you're the world citizen. <laughs> like you're the only one in the world. Um, <laughs> Sir Christopher Gilbert is here with us on the shift. Um, where are we going? I'm guessing we're doing a little Chris- Christmas-y thing? Yeah, we're doing Christmas. We're doing Christmas 2020 style. And I just I just want to say this, that on the note of we're discussing COVID numbers, like honestly, like remember last week I was saying we should all be worse, you know, mm-hmm. be the worst version of ourselves around the house and stuff as long as we don't, you know, don't hurt ourselves or other people. Mm-hmm. I think for Christmas we should all be worse and do less. Just, just, I think we should just not worry about stuff this year, you know? So like in my house, uh, not that I'm a model example, but we just moved apartment. So I'm thinking, you know, we've got chicken, we'll get a bottle of something open, um, enjoy the company of a few people that are in our bubble, play a silly game, enjoy our life. And that'll be it, you mm-hmm. know? And, and I, I know a lot of people have huge Christmas traditions and such, but I, I just think do, do less this year, be worse, do less. So I think there's a way of doing Christmas the correct way for 2020 and a way of doing Christmas the incorrect way for 2020. So I want to play a little game with you guys, which is uh, Christmas correct or Christmas incorrect. Um, So I listen to a story. And uh, at first, I'm just going to ask you, do you think uh, Christmas is correct or do you think this Christmas approach to Christmas uh, is incorrect? So... um, Hmm. Uh, Ray, do do you have that uh, the audio for Mini Christmas World One? He's got it. Yeah, yep. let, let, you ready to go? Let's with play it? it. 
Yeah. And this year, more than any other, we need some cheer. One couple from Sydney's northwest is spreading joy with their spectacular creation. Okay, so a, a couple from Sydney, Australia, are going to spread Christmas joy with their spectacular <laughs> creation. <laughs> Do you think that's Christmas correct or Christmas incorrect? I would say that sounds Christmas correct to me. Ab- absolutely Christmas correct. Oh, okay, you're, you're on the correct side, are you? Huh, interesting. All right, let's play, um, Ray, let's play Mini Christmas World 2 and see if they're right. Sydney is now home to the ultimate Christmas market. You can play the bumper cars, there's a merry-go-round and even an ice rink. But it's all pint-sized. But the happiest part of the whole thing is making it come to life, putting the people where they belong. There you go. It's all about putting the people where they belong. So uh, if you haven't caught on yet, it's a miniature Christmas scene that these people have made, a miniature, like, Christmas snowy world, or as they say in Australia, a mini Chrissy, made by uh, a couple of people who like playing God and putting people where they they belong. belong. That does sound a little little bad. Questionable now, yeah. I mean, uh, we're going down this road. I want to go further down, though. I'm curious. Are you still on board? Christmas right? Christmas wrong? Christmas right? Right? I'm going to say Christmas right because it's all for the children. That's what it sounds like. It's for the children. (laughs) Sure, it's for the children. All right, let's play the next clip. This miniature Christmas village is a labor of love for Bella Vista couple Bettina and David. She designs, he builds. It took two months to create and takes up a whole room in their apartment complex. We build a wooden infrastructure first. Then it's chicken wire, newspaper, um, and then we put plaster paris on it. You notice on the mountain you can see like there's different sort of flows of plaster. The couple has been collecting all the Christmas memorabilia for the past 20 years and they've spent close to 50 grand. But they say it's all worth it to make people smile. Psychos. Psychos. Yeah. Little, Psychos. I think, no, it's just passion, Chris. It's passion for Christmas. It's, uh, well, I build giant Lego, you know, uh, dioramas. Am I a psycho? I mean, yeah, for me a little bit, but uh, not $50,000 worth. <laughs> okay. Let me break down this in three points, all right? Number one, it yeah. does not subscribe to the be worse, do less Chris Gilbert Christmas 2020 philosophy. They're true. being better and doing more. Mm-hmm. So... I think they had to flip that. Number two, they started this collection over 20 years ago. So think about that. They've been collecting miniature Christmas things for 20 years, Mm. but only started building this two months ago. So before that, yeah, they just had 20 years of miniature, you know, crap in their home. And number three, they say they want to make, as you said, Shane, for the children, they want to make people smile, but it's in their apartment. It takes up a whole room in their apartment. The apartment part's weird. That's that's the if they like I bet they could have gotten the apartment you know building owner to let them put it in the lobby or something, right? It's a little weird. Yeah. Hey, come on up to my apartment to check out my exactly. miniature model. That's where. So, all right. I yeah, see. The and flats. I've got candy for you. Come see the puppies, right? Exactly. Who's coming around to their place for a cup of tea or whatever? And then Bob and Belinda are like, oh yeah, so nice to see you again after eight months. Want to um, want to come see the miniature world we've created, playing God? Right. And it's like I'm, I'm like I, 
I would think my friends have gone crazy. It's like going to your friend's house and they're like, hey, you want to see my collection of like little shoes? It's like, no, I don't, Bob. Bob. <laughs> Everyone still on board? Christmas yeah, right, Christmas be. wrong. I love Christmas. It's Christmas right. They, they're just doing nice things and they live in an apartment. It's all right. Okay, Shane's Christmas right. Ryan, you Christmas right? I I understand what they're going for. Is there another part to this, or is this the, was that the there last is, bit? There is. I mean, that that's pretty much it, really. There there okay. is a fourth clip, but it's just more I'm, of the same. So, I'm gonna say Christmas right, but it would be very much Christmas right if they had taken a couple of less creepy steps along the way. Less creepy steps is always key, I think, in doing Christmas. Um, mm -hmm. All right, let's move on to the next story. Uh, this one is uh, Christmas right or Christmas wrong. Um, I'm going to just read the headline because this is mostly a reading story. Um, a Christmas winter, this is again in Australia, a Christmas winter village is being called the Fire Festival of Kids Santa events. Oh, no. What do you think, right? Does that sound good? Or does that sound like a bad Christmas? Anything with the word fire festival in it is an immediate red flag. Is, well, is everyone sandwiches. familiar with Yeah, is everyone familiar with what fire festival was? Yeah, we probably should touch on it. Yeah, so Fire Festival, just very quickly, for those who don't know, was effectively a marketing scam by Ja Rule and some other douchebag where they effectively tricked dumb Instagram people into going to a deserted island to live in a refugee camp by promising them a luxury music festival. So in short, it's a story of Instagram people getting what they deserve. Um, but it's, it's, about, <laughs> it's about overselling and marketing and undelivering in real life. And uh, so the first paragraph of this story reads, um, ticket holders for a Christmas-themed experience that's been described as the Fire Festival of Kids Center events were left disappointed after the event proved to be far from what they were initially advertised. Uh, the Santa's Winter Village event, hosted at the Colonnade Shopping Centre in Adelaide, was criticised by angry parents who called the entire operation cheap, tacky, and a scam. So, overselling and under-delivering. So I, I might just show you what they, um, what they sold, what, what the pitch was. And then, Shane, I'm going to get you to describe the pictures of, of what it was really like in real life. So, I think my piece of audio is called oh what's it called it's uh, Is it winter wonderland? wonderland yeah that's the one can you play that one we have it yeah let's play it oh it's santa's sleigh oh these little kids in it oh it's going around an ice rink oh it's so cute oh it's made of little wood there's a little guy driving it there's christmas trees everywhere the kids are in elf costumes and little santa costumes they've got bows in their hair they're all smiling at the white picket fence and saying, Oh, they're in a rock band! The, the kids are dressed as elves and they're in, rock, they're in a rock band now. And they're skating along and, oh, it looks like such a lovely time. I think I'm going to pay $38 a head to send my Chris, uh, my kid, my Chris, to this winter wonderland. So... 38 that $38. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And then $110 for the, uh, the family pack. At a mall. $110. So, Shane, have you got those pictures in front of you? I do. The Twitter pictures? Yeah. Can you describe okay. what you're seeing? 
imagine a giant empty Costco with no shelves, <laughs> um, gray walls and a cement floor with a door at the end. It's a typical warehouse, but imagine a Costco size kind of place without any shelving or refrigerators uh, or anything like that. Or people meandering down the hallways reading their phone when they should be pushing their cart and get the hell out of the way. Uh, maybe that's me. Mm. Now, it has been decorated with a pathway of lollipops um, to follow. Oh, my God. And so the path, so it looks like giant PVC pipe, kind of like the markers on the side of a road or something like that, with those paper balls on top, like a lampshade kind of paper ball on top to look like suckers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then there's some with balloons on top because it looks like they ran out of paper mache balls. And then there's a pathway. And it's held together by some two by fours that are not painted, that are just wood. Actually, it looks more like used pallets. And yeah. then, um, you know, those little foam playthings that you can buy those squares for your kids' playroom at home or whatever for the basement yeah. um, that interlock yeah. together, different colors. They're pretty colors. They're like pastel blue and pastel green. Yeah. Well, there is one line of those that goes forward <laughs> to the left or to the right to the left, to the right to the left, to the right to the right to the left. And then there's a spinny there's a spinning wheel at the end. And uh there's nothing else there. That's it. That is the entire uh activity in the giant Costco warehouse. There is a Santa sleigh that is it looks like uh some um, plywood sleighs that are not painted with seats that are towed behind an old person electric scooter um on a white pathway. Choo-choo. That has the, um, the, the gumdrops forest of Christmas trees, which let's just say that if Charlie Brown um, bought these trees, he would be downgrading. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think gumdrop forest is also kind of an oversell. <laughs> it's yeah, it, it's an oversell because there's like literally the worst trees that you could ever buy in Kijiji used that somehow survived a, a trailer fire. And then there is a, uh, uh, it looks like a Santa's, Santa's house, which is made out of cardboard and not painted. And it actually still like, has the shipping stickers on the cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, and those, those for a family, one hundred and ten for a family. Yeah. Oh my god, it does look like there's a slide at the far end there. It's not very steep, but I don't know it, what it's made of. It there's looks no like everything was made by six-year-olds out of real estate signs. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. You know that material that they make. I don't know what it's called, but that they the make coroplast. real estate signs out of. Yeah. yeah, it looks like they just cut cut up a bunch of that to make different structures. Uh, in, in a fairness. huge cavernous One, two, warehouse. Three, four, five, six, seven. They did hang seven plastic stars from the ceiling. Ah, uh, well. Wow. Good job, them. But the, snaps the, it all looks around. like. Did you just give them snaps? <laughs> yeah, I gave them. I gave them jazz snaps. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's a work of oh. art. <laughs> oh my god, that um, is unbelievable. Yeah, so the guy who, um, uh, some mum was outraged, outraged about this. I think it's personally, I'm of the philosophy of, um, you know, just, uh, I'm kind of an absurdist towards life. So I, if I encounter something that's underwhelming, disappointing, instead of getting angry, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm so disappointed. I love it. You know, so I enjoy it even more. Um, but this mum was uh, uh, furious, uh, wanted her cash back. Um, I think this kind of went, uh, quote unquote, viral, whatever that means these days. Um, and then this guy, Tom Tanuki, um, on Twitter, 
uh, he he was mad that the thing was shut down. Um, he was very mad. He swore and he said, now they'll shut it down because of complaints. Why complain? This thing was a cause of celebration. Only thing worse than grifters is, oh, I'm not going to say that, but I F will say that. You could say effing Karens. Okay, effing Karens. But he launched on change.org a petition. You can go look for it. It's reopen Santa's winter village now in capital letters. <laughs> and he writes, you may have seen on social media that a Christmas-themed children's event in South Australia named Santa's Winter Village was shut down after it went viral for not looking very good, for not looking very good, I like that, and costing too much. The thing is that while Santa's Village looked awful and did cost too much, it should not have been cancelled by an army of well-howling whingers. Never! Because, though they may not know it, Santa's Winter Village represents the true spirit of Christmas. I totally Profit. agree. Nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Overselling and under-delivering. Nothing is ever quite as special as we remember it as children. As I'm sure every adult will agree, but in that bittersweet spirit of remembrance that many of us find a true sense of Christmas joy, we wistfully remember our own childhood whilst recognizing that nothing is ever quite the same. We work hard to create that joy for the children in our own lives. What's special about this village is that it delivered bittersweet joy <laughs> right away for children. Wow. So, so that's it. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go Christmas right. I'm going to go Christmas right on this one, too. I, um, the the Colonnade Shopping Center release on this said, we've listened to your feedback and, comma, we agree, comma, Santa's Winter Village does not meet the expectations of our customers. We apologize for the disappointment. <laughs> Jazz snaps. Oh, Jazz that's snaps. absolutely remarkable. Well what done. Good story. Yeah. 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 Snaps all around. Yeah. Yeah. Snaps all around. Oh, um, man. Have we got time for a quickie? Or yeah, we, we have time for, we got about three or four minutes here. Okay, sweet. So number three. Oh, first of all, right, I just want to quickly get your Christmas right or Christmas wrong on that. Because you have, you have a that, voice here too, sir. I have a, a Christmas wrong on the the whole Santa's Village thing. However, the campaign to save it and bring it back pretty much the exact same way. That is <laughs> a very, very big Christmas right for the Rye guy. <laughs> I respect that. Good, good, good take. Good take. All right. Finally, um, you guys, last night, you did that story on uh, the paragliding Santa that got caught on the power, power lines, yeah, right? We never found out yep. if he lived or not. Uh, we just found out that it was uh, his best Facebook ever. <laughs> he lived. I found, I found a story. He was in, in hospital. and um, But you know, you know why he was doing it was to, uh, quote, spread Christmas cheer, unquote. Mm -hmm. And uh, going through a lot of stories today... This came up again and again and again, and I got honestly quite sick of uh, people um, acting like douchebags under the pretense of spreading Christmas cheer, um, because I honestly don't believe that they are spreading Christmas cheer. I believe they're attention-seeking. Um, so the last one is about spreading Christmas cheer. Um, Christmas cheer, guys. Christmas right or Christmas wrong? I think Christmas cheer is Christmas right. Yep. That's Agreed. a simple part. Like, you can do less and still have Christmas cheer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay, do less Christmas cheer. Um, Ray, can you play Christmas cheer too, please? Well, it's not your typical Santa on a sleigh. It's Scuba Santa, the big guy and one of his elves taking their adventure under the sea down in the Keys. They spent the day spreading holiday cheer to fish. There you go. Fish? Fish. 
Oh, that's uh, weird. Fish. Christmas cheer for fish. And they made the news by going scuba diving, but wearing a Santa outfit and uh, spreading Christmas cheer. Okay. I'm starting to regret what my vote was. Anyone want to anyone wanna change their answer? Yeah, I do. I would change. I don't like that. I mean, it's, it would be nothing, but he's like, oh, wait. I have a great idea. Let me throw on a hat, a coat, and a fake beard, and we're going viral. I don't know. Uh, Santa <laughs> is sacred. Leave him alone unless you have a good yeah. reason. I like that. Santa is sacred. Leave him alone. That's, that's a great model for, motto for Christmas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adopt that one, Ryan. I'm going to put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> Wear it around on Christmas Day. Santa is sacred. Don't touch him. Leave him alone. Uh, well, don't touch anybody, really, in public. Strangers. Yeah. Come on. Here's, here's what the um the the anchors uh had to say about it uh number three please ray and why not why shouldn't the fish have sure. some fun and fun for santa too right mix it up a little scuba bit scuba santa after all those hours in that sleigh you could use a little bit of a break a little know? underwater a little yeah. sunshine yeah good for the muscles salt yeah. yeah 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 salt sure yeah. <laughs> a little underwater sunshine <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but in my time of relaxation, I would much rather be on a couch with a beer than underwater scuba diving with a fifty count fifty pound red jacket on. Doesn't <laughs> what are they thinking? But I, I like I like it because like you know that the inane patter that anchors often do after the feel good story, right? Oh, yeah. I like worst it like ever. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. So I think they generally hate the news. Um, but I just like this person was like, yeah, um, sure, salt, yeah, whatever. That, that's good, right? That's a thing. That's underwater. <laughs> good for the skin. Yeah, they all have the good same for the old day. lungs. They all just go, <laughs> and we'll be right back. They all do that. Oh, oh, they all hate each other, I think. I think they do, and I think they're like, they're talking about fish, and they're like, <laughs> speaking of nice weather, how's the weather, yeah. Bob? <laughs> yeah, like, and... um. I, I like the little comments that they often make, and this 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 comes up a lot in my research. Is uh, my research my when I'm trolling through Reddit? Um, <laughs> You're internet trolling. <laughs> yeah, no, never. But I'm not. I'm a. I'm an. I'm. I'm a nice, nice boy. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, I like the, the little the little yeah, the little comments they make after um, someone news stories where where like the reporter in the field is like. All right, no, back to you, Jim. And Jim's like, "Thanks, Sharon. What an utterly career-destroying story." Anyway, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> how nice for you. <laughs> what a terrible report that was. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm glad man. you made the big time there, Sharon. Good on you. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, um, I have I have a whole thing here about um, Mailman Adam, which is probably the most bizarre story I've ever come across. But I want to do it properly. Um, so I might save that for next time. Sounds I reckon good. that's one. Yeah, we'll, we'll save it. one more Christmas story for next time I'm on. Okay, we can do that. I'm okay with yeah. that. I mean, if we're going to do Christmas cheer and do less, it would seem like the most appropriate of all the things would be to do less and actually do a Christmas story after Christmas. Yeah, do less and spread it out. Right. Very good deal. Um, Sir time. Christopher Gilbert, yeah. live from Tokyo. Um, Chris knows this is where I get schmoopy and all this stuff. So, um, uh, Chris, this whole year, this is the last time that we'll be on before Christmas, clearly. Um, I couldn't mm. do this without you. Chris has had one of the heaviest hands in all of this because Chris was with us July and August into September. 
And there was a time where Chris and I were like, hey, do you know if we're working next week? <laughs> like, hey, I, <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard yet. Have you? Okay, well, let me know if you hear if we have jobs next week. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so we went through a lot. But Chris has had the heaviest hand in creating the show uh, than everybody. And Chris, I can't thank you enough for that. It's been quite the gift for me. And with that, I, I wish you a Merry Christmas, brother. I hope you have a good one. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been a, a roller coaster of a year, but it's been a really fun one. So, Merry Christmas to all the shift heads out there, all the truckers, all the trucker day, trucker Dan, trucker Bob, trucker Sharon, trucker Steve, all the truckers. Love you. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks to uh, the Chris Gilbert OnlyFans, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see you guys in the new year. All right, Chris. Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you soon. It's the Shift Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's the Shift. Merry Christmas to you. I wanted to share with you a couple of friends that I have over the next couple of shows. Uh, friends who are singers who work it, uh, slog it out in the tent trenches uh, sharing music. Now, um, people that you may know, may not know, you may have heard their music, you may not have known it was them. And we start that conversation with a lady by the name of Terea Green. Terea is um, from Calgary and has spent... Oh, I'm guessing it's been seven years that you were in Toronto and then in the States and then back in and around Toronto and back at it again. Because I was looking up some stuff because the Junos and all of that uh, fun, playful, you know, fancy award-winning time for you was when you were with Autumn Hill. That was like six years ago, hey? Yeah, that was a while ago. It's shocking to actually go back and, and look at the years that, you know, we actually released music and we were with the CC Mason at the Juno's time flies. I can't believe how it does fly. time flies. It does fly. Well, I get to say, welcome home. Trey has moved back to Calgary, still making music and uh, closer to family. We're at that age now where, you know, our folks are a little bit older, so it's nice to be able to chase your career closer to home. How does it feel now that you're uh, back making music out of Calgary instead? Oh, you know, it feels like um, a, it's, it's the same thing. It's like a dream come true. I didn't think it would be possible to pursue my dream and be close to family and be recording and releasing music and collaborating with other great artists, um, kind of all in the same city. And to finally be doing it, it's just a really wonderful experience. I um, I imagine you moving in heels and pushing a grand piano into the back of a moving truck. <laughs> How far off am I? <laughs> Oh boy. Um, it was, you know, I left it all in Toronto. I brought a couple really tight pairs of pants and really high heels, but for the most part, <laughs> you do like went. tight pants and high heels. <laughs> yeah. Lately it's been pretty much sweatpants, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I just left it all in Toronto and I flew home. Wow. Yeah. I think, I think potentially it was just a carry on actually. Yeah. Really? Eh? Yeah. It was. Elastic waistbands though, aren't they? Like if we've learned anything through COVID, it's elastic waistbands are, right. they're the bomb. Like it's the best <laughs> ever. It is. You forget. And then you put them on and I'm like, why did I ever take these off? Yeah. Right. And yeah. then you put your jeans on and you've got somewhere to go with jeans on one day and you're like, yeah, see buttons and zippers and all this, this doesn't work. Where's my stretchy pants? Yeah. I need more stretchy pants. Exactly. Living oh, in stretchy beautiful. pants. I love it. It's beautiful. So here you are, you're making music again. Um, if you don't know Terea's music, it, it sort of was this piano-based singer-songwriter thing. And then Autumn Hill had uh, was country, but still was a real poppy flair to it. And then sort of stretched back into the, in the land of piano and pop again. And um, where are we now and, and what are we building? 
Yeah. So, you know, I kind of did a whole roundabout thing when I left Autumn Hill. I, I really wanted to kind of explore the fringes and release um, acoustic songs and songs that were a little bit, you know, on the R&B or the pop side. And, and now that I've kind of taken a breath and kind of expressed myself as an artist in kind of all the different creative ways you can musically, um, the music that I've been working on lately is very reminiscent of Autumn Hill. Um, I just, I kind of learned that I love that country, pop country songwriter pocket. Um, and the next or the last two songs that I recorded this year are very much Autumn Hill sounding. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I love that. Well, tell you what, uh, Teray has been a part of my Christmas show uh, for years and years and years. And one of the songs that that we recorded specifically for that show, I would like to play that now. Can we do that? Yes. All right, let's do this. Um, Terea with uh, the Christmas song uh, here on The Shift. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir Here comes the snow, the fire's 
burning low Wishing I was home It ain't Christmas Those are the sweet Christmas sounds of Autumn Hill It ain't Christmas And Treya Green is the female voice that you hear right there I'm Shane Hewitt It's the shift Treya, there's something extra sweet about coming home after out chasing the career dream. Yeah, it's very much the way you described it. Um, very peaceful. And, uh, you know, there just comes a point when all of a sudden it you just doesn't feel like you're where you need to be anymore. For almost 10 years in Toronto, I felt like that's really where my path led and it felt very fulfilling. And then there came a point when I just missed my family so much. And, uh, it was time to come home. And, you know, it's a little bit of a, a disappointment, I guess, for everyone right now, not being able to be close to loved ones, but um, just even being in the same city as them, even though you can't necessarily visit your family or your loved ones as much as you would, or you want to um, just knowing that instead of a 40 hour car ride, I am, you know, 10 minutes away, we can wave at each other through the the window or jump on a call or, you know, it's just nice to be physically close to family, even though you can't see them as much as you'd like to. What's the one thing that you're most grateful for? I know that Christmas for most people doesn't look like it normally would, um, but here we are. And I can't help but be left myself with being in a place of um, just being really grateful for Christmas, even though it's been kind of hectic running around. It most certainly does not look the same for the visits. But at the same time, I recognize the downtime. I recognize the peace that comes with it. And even though it's from afar, um, there's a connection to it. And I don't know if it's connection to me, um, to myself, or if it's, you know, just the understanding and support of my parents who, I mean, everything's changed with visits with them. So what, what is it for you this Christmas that you're most grateful for? Hmm, that is such a good question. And I think gratitude is a very important part of life and uh, just quality of life, really. Um, grateful. You know, how do you pick just one thing? But in this really strange moment in time we all find ourselves in, I am grateful that um, it's made all of us so aware of how important personal relationships are. We can, you know, we have that moment to sit back and reflect and say, wow, you know, these people are extremely important to me. And I do have a desire to be near them and connect with them um, on a real level. So if anything, it's really brought a lot of perspective to, you know, people you care about and how much you really love them and want to be near them. Yeah, I get that. I can feel that too. Um, Your Christmas song that you put together for this year is a new one. This last Christmas. Tell us about it. That one is, it's a fun one. Um, We wanted to write a song that was light and happy and brought joy to, you know, people who were listening to it. Um, And something that just makes you smile and think about all the traditions that you've made and, you know, the Christmases that you've spent just basically with loved ones and putting up the tree or wearing onesies or, you know, all these different traditions that you have with, mm-hmm. with people. And uh, we did it really fast because we had the idea to write the Christmas song um, 
first week of December. And we turned that song around in, I think it was three days. Um, just a, a lot of really talented musicians just came on board last minute and really pulled through. And um, we were just kind of working over the phone and with Zoom and sending tracks kind of over the internet and assembling them. And um, we were able to work with uh, Jordan Gant, who's an incredible artist, musician, um, and producer, uh, Pete Lesbrance, who actually has played on a lot of um, a lot of the tracks that I've released. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a silly song. We sampled Wham's last Christmas, and yeah, it's just a fun one. Well, we'll get that uh, for everybody right now. Terea, uh, it's great to see your face. Um, I haven't we haven't seen each other since last Christmas, yeah. since we did the Christmas show last year. So um, I'm glad you're back. Um, I look forward to the day when everybody can hang out again and see those family members. Um, thanks for giving us the the Christmas song and Merry Christmas. Oh, of course, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.